welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 151st episode, our returning guest is Ash Burgess. You first heard Ash Burgess on episodes 16, 26, 27, 39, 58, 63, 77, 86, 91, 100, 124, 130, 136, 142, 143, 148, and episode 82, which also featured fellow regular guest Jonathan Fowler of the podcast. Ash Burgess has a dusty degree in religious studies and an appetite for both high and low culture. She strives to celebrate the best of every season with her young children. Follow her on Instagram at Ash Burgess, all one word, and subscribe to her YouTube channel. And now on to the show. Hello, it's me again. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, what, well, time, what time of year is it? It's autumn, and as any of your most devoted fans probably know, we do a episode every year to talk about the splendors of autumn. Mm-hmm. However, I think this episode is going to be a little bit different because we usually talk more about the general splendors of autumn, which I think we will definitely touch on in this episode. But we have, you know, we've tu- we've covered those before. And so while I'm sure there's some, you know, splendors of autumn that deserve to be covered for a third time, we also, I think, are going to be talking a little bit more about the splendors of our particular autumn that we are experiencing currently. Yes. Do you have any examples? <laughs> I mean, I, I, think, I think you're allowed to, you know, make, make some statements here. It's not all about me. What statements would those be? I don't know. I have no idea what you could be talking about. Well, um, you have a YouTube channel. I do. What kind of yes. videos do you make on this YouTube channel? Just you, videos about our lives, you know, just motherhood and lifestyle type content. Um, that is one of the things I wanted to talk about on the episode today because while I've been making videos for a little while, I've just gotten more serious. I've started posting more regularly and I've really started trying to develop my channel a little bit more. I think this is a great time for me to be doing that because since this is my very favorite season, there's lots of great content that I can make about my favorite season. And in some ways, I think I've always leaned a little bit towards being like a seasonal or a holiday YouTuber in the sense that one of the things I really love is making each season and each holiday really special for our family. And that's something that I really like making videos about. Mm-hmm. So is there anything in particular this season that you've noticed that you've found a make videos about? Well, I made a video recently about um, my favorite Halloween books for kids, which is something that's really important to me. And it's something I always like to do every season. I try to get seasonal books for our kids um, so that they can really have like seasonal and or holiday themed books around. So I get a lot of books from the library. I also like to buy one or two books every year so that they kind of have those always like, you know, access to those. That's something I really enjoy doing for them. And so I've made a video about that to kind of share how I do that with other people who might be interested in doing something similar for their families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're just really not going to say it? I think we're at a standoff here. <laughs> I just think that, and, I, and you know I've always thought that you should take a more active participant role in your podcast. <laughs> like, I think you just want to ask questions that are like really vague and let people fill it in. But I think sometimes it's okay for you to put a little mo- more of yourself in there, especially in the case where you're interviewing someone that you're very personally connected to. Like, I can understand when you're talking to someone that you have more of a 
professional or like a very specific type of relationship with. But, you know, when you're interviewing your wife, I think you're a part of the interview in a way that's different than when you are interviewing, you know, or like a friend, I think, you know, that's different than, you know, some other interviews you might do. Okay. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. And so you want me to say that we are pregnant? Yes. Just, <laughs> waiting for, just, you know, just, just wanted to see how long you could keep that going before you <laughs> before I got you to break down there. Yes. But yes, we are, um, we found out that we are expecting baby number three, and that is something that I'm making a lot of videos about, and the videos have been doing pretty well, which I expected going into making videos about that. That's something that has drawn me to a lot of other YouTubers' channels was, you know, when I've been pregnant in the past, I've started following people that were pregnant at the same time as me and watched their pregnancy updates and, you know, newborn, um, clothes and and gear haul videos and then also you know after the baby's born you know it's really exciting to see you know follow along that journey with them so there's people i've been following for years now that i started following you know either when our son was very young or when i was pregnant with our second our daughter and so now i'm excited to be able to kind of be on the other side of that as the content producer Mm Hmm. so I want to discuss some of the videos that you've made recently about this subject. Yes, let's discuss. So, first one was... Well, the first one that I published, I've mm-hmm. actually been filming... Well, I was going by published. Okay, the first one that I published was just the pregnancy announcement. So, yes. I mean, obviously, that kind of has to go first in a pregnancy series. And that video is actually one of my favorite videos that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I love it because... It included our whole family, like, you know, you, me, and our kids. And I think that, you know, I always kind of, not that I would ever, like, time a pregnancy in order to be able to do a fall or pumpkin-themed announcement, but I always kind of had in the back of my head it would be so fun. anyone would. (laughs) (laughs) I always did have it in the back of my head that it would be so fun to do an announcement with, you know, fall or Halloween or pumpkins or Mm -hmm. something because it is my favorite season and I've seen so many cute announcements that include, you know, this season. So I did always think that -hmm. would be something that would be fun to do if the opportunity arose. And I think we did a great job. I'm really, really, really happy with how it turned out. Yeah, me too. It's very cute. Um, And then there's a little more, like, rip from the headlines, like, raw... Yes, well then I've also, so I think that was the first video that I've done in the series so far that I've published. And then the next video I published was, I actually am really proud of myself the day that I took the pregnancy test to find this out. I thought to actually film me, you know, taking the test. And then I also filmed me telling you the news. So I'm so happy that I captured that on film. You know, so that was the next video that I should have known something was up when like I was in bed and you like had a camera in my face and I was like, well, and I was encouraging you to like, you know, sit up and like maybe brush your hair a little bit, but I also didn't want to like give it away too much, so I didn't want to be like, you know, now you will be sitting here as the light cascades across your face. So I mean, I definitely took you by surprise a little bit, but I was, you know, I tried to set you up well for like a good, you know, it could have been. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's hard to get the element of surprise and also have, you know, all the aesthetics be like exactly how people would want them if they were not being surprised. Yeah, absolutely. But still, I think that's a great, that's a great, I mean, both 
my taking the test and my shocked reaction and then, you know, your reaction. I'm so glad that we have those, you know, captured forever. Mm-hmm. And then just just today, today I've published you've dropped another video this video was probably I mean when I when I published the second one we just talked about I like when I posted it on Facebook I said you know this is probably the most raw and personal video I've ever done but then today the video that I published today was probably I wouldn't say embarrassing exactly but I feel it, it's it's about a situation that I still feel like I'm still kind of in shock. I still feel a little astonished, and so I, I did I did sort of hesitate a little bit to publish this video, not because I think I have anything to be embarrassed about, but because it is a little bit like I can't believe that this is like happening, and it, and it is very personal, and it does kind of get a little bit more into. I try to in my videos. I try to stay. Not, like, I don't, I try, there are some details that, like, I think are a little bit off limits about, like, when it comes to talking about pregnancy, obviously, you know, you're starting to talk about, you know, people's bodies, and you're starting to talk about, you know, the big taboo subject of, you know, SEX, which I feel like is not... <laughs> Why did you just spell that? Because I'm you know saying, people like... people can spell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hope they can spell. <laughs> Somehow they got here. <laughs> yes. But, no, I mean, I'm just saying that... There are some things that I think are private. And so I think it's a struggle sometimes to walk the thin line between wanting to share with others. Because I find it very personally fulfilling to share with others in certain ways. And also because I have so appreciated others' willingness to share with me so that I could, you know, learn from and experience and kind of get a look in other people's lives. It's hard to sometimes figure out where the right line is to balance that with also that I do think certain things are private and I'm not just going to be like, there's certain details that we're just not going to be discussing on YouTube and, you know. So anyway, the video that I published today was titled, I didn't know I was pregnant because that's the really shocking thing to me about this pregnancy is that this, and that's something that I never thought would happen for any length of time. Now to clarify, this is not like, I'm, you know, nine months pregnant and somehow I didn't know until now and, like, the baby's coming out any minute. Like, this is not, like, one of those shows where, <laughs> you know, you're at the amusement park and then you start to have cramps and you go into the bathroom and suddenly... Oh, that chilly dog. Delivered. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you, like, I still don't think that could happen to me because that's, like, a lot. However, I will say I've been humbled in the sense that I always judge those people so hard. And I will say in the last several years, I've really worked on myself a lot in the sense that Things that when I was younger I judged people for, I've realized that you never know what is going on in someone's life and what particular circumstances led them to some point and how their worldview and experience and just everything could be so different from what you understand that like things might happen differently for them. So I try to be understanding and open-minded when, you know, people say that they've had experiences. But it's still, it is hard as someone who's both been pregnant and felt that that experience was something I was very aware of and also who has, you know, struggled through infertility and been hyper aware of, you know, at, at a different point in time of trying to conceive and, you know, where I was in that process and where I was in my own, you know, 
hormonal cycle. So to go from that, it is hard to then look at people that just kind of didn't know they were pregnant. But that's why, to me, it's so shocking that it was like two months before we figured out that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, yes, two months is not a lot compared to people that give birth unexpectedly. But to me, it feels really shocking because, I mean, with both of our previous pregnancies, I knew, you know, I knew when I ovulated and then I knew pretty much when I could take a test. And I mean, like with Emerald, I took a test, I think it was like 11 days after I ovulated, which is like technically like sooner than I was even supposed to. But it was just like, I just kind of, I had some heartburn and I thought, well, that's one of my signs that like, you know, I could be pregnant. So, and I think that, you know, we were trying that cycle and it was just like, all right. So to me, that was like, you know, that, so that's, so 11 days. I mean, that's like less than two weeks of being pregnant. That's like pretty much the earliest that you could know without maybe having had some kind of like a super early blood blood draws, maybe the only way that you could know about a pregnancy earlier than that. Mm -hmm. And so I always thought I would be a person that just knew that soon. And also someone who had to, you know, based on our previous experiences, someone who had to make a concentrated effort to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So to be taken by surprise by a pregnancy has been, you know, really shocking. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was very shocking, but in a good way. And exciting. I mean, to be fair, like, we definitely left the door open to this possibility. Mm -hmm. So we just didn't really expect it to actually work out. Because, as you said, we had had some difficulties in the past. Exactly. So we kind of figured, you know, that would be great if it happens, but we were definitely not holding our breaths or expecting it to happen. Like, we were kind of proceeding with the expectation that it was not going to happen until we actually decided, like, now is the time to push for this again. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is, like, great news, but I'm still, like, it still seems kind of unbelievable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It hasn't really sunk in yet. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think I think for me it's sunk in. Well, it's inside you, so. True, but, I mean, I don't know if that's, you know, beyond all of, like, it's sinking in. I just, I think that, um, I go into a lot of detail, anyway, in this video that I posted today about, you know, how could I possibly have, you know, been pregnant for two months and not known and just, you know, my feelings about that and also how that's possible. And so, you know, people that are interested should definitely check that out on my YouTube channel, which I think I'm sure you'll like link in your subscription or whatever. Can people type in you just... Yeah, I mean, my channel is, my channel name is just Ash Burgess, so that's pretty... That's easy to find. That's easy to find, and the video I'm talking about is just titled, I didn't know I was pregnant, so that's It's in all caps, you can't miss it. Yeah, it's also very easy to find. (laughs) And there's emojis in the... Uh, previous screen. So. Yes. People can't visit. It's just, it's interesting to me because I've known you for a very long time and actually you're a very private person. I'm an ext- I think I would honestly say Seemingly. in most ways that I would say that I'm very much on the far side of the spectrum as far as like being, I, I would say I'm extremely private. And yet, I think perhaps that is why I crave to share of myself in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Well, you just said before that one of the things you appreciate about other people is how uh, honest they have been with you. Well, and I think that you as... You feel like you make a connection with them because of that. Well, I guess what I'm saying is I think that 
I would consider myself to be an introvert. And like many introverts, I think I have a rich inner life. Mm-hmm. And part of having a rich inner life is that you have a lot going on that you sometimes don't share with other people. And even though for an introvert that can be enjoyable, just to have your own, kind of be in your own thoughts and have like a lot going on, there can also be a loneliness in that sometimes, in that maybe it's difficult for me to share with people in certain ways. and Maybe that's why I'm so like private. And yet I think everyone to some degree or another or in some way kind of craves to like share and connect with others and something that i've so enjoyed about other people that are willing to kind of put themselves out there is that i've gotten a lot from other people at times in my life when i really needed it like there have been times in my life when i was really wondering about certain things or wanting to know what certain other people's lives were like and having people that were willing to really open themselves up to like show a little window into their experience has really interested and inspired me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that I don't know if this is just an impulse that all people have or just people that have the drive to like create something. I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a very creative person. But I was raised by very creative people. And so perhaps this is just something they instilled in me, which is that whenever I like something, I start wanting to make it myself. So, like, you know, I love books. And so there's part of me that has a fantasy about one day writing a novel. And I think I feel that way about everything that I've ever liked very much. Like, anything that I love that was, like, a work of art or whatever you want to call it produced by someone else loving something that someone else has produced always kind of triggers in me the impulse that I would also like to create something like this. So I have loved experiencing other people's YouTube channels. And I think that that love has just triggered in me the desire to then make my own YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Like, does that make you as a person who like makes things, does that make sense? The idea that whenever you appreciate something, you sort of have an urge to like, yourself make it mm-hmm. yeah definitely of course um but yeah everyone should go subscribe right now yeah click the link wherever it is or type it in um but yeah so i'm very excited that you're that you're doing this this is like this is very good content <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm very yeah i'm, I'm excited this is for the mill yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great time for my channel, like I said. Like, I've been doing this channel for a while, just sort of casually, and I've been wanting to get more serious about it, and this is just, I think, a really good time for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like I said, I mean, of course there's a pregnancy, which, I mean, that's great timing for my channel and everything, as far as getting more serious about my channel and having great content, like you said. Also just, like I said, about, you know, the seasonal and the holiday aspect, that's one of the things that I've appreciated, not just about YouTube, but about a lot of the Instagrammers that I follow and a lot of the blogs that I've read over the years. It's the inspiration for like how to make the holidays more special and how to really get the most out of the seasons with your family. So it's exciting for me to, you know, at least make an attempt at providing some inspiration for others. Mm Hmm. But... What other splendors of fall besides this wonderful news do you have to share with people this year? Well, 
Um, the, the, I would actually say, you know, normally I, I think we've covered a lot of the splendors of Fallout. Really, two of the things that I was thinking about talking about really would be what I would say obstacles standing between us and the splendors of fall. And I'm not saying obstacles like the splendors of fall are ruined, but just like sometimes when something's great, you know, obstacles come your way and you have to work a little harder to overcome them. So obstacle number one, the pumpkin patch that we have visited every year for the past, you know, ever since, I think even before our son was born. So at least more than five years, we visited this pumpkin patch and the pumpkin patch is closed. Got our Christmas trees there too. Yeah. So this is like a double, you know... It's a problem, but it's also an opportunity. It's a problem because it's sad when a tradition ends, and we liked this pumpkin patch pretty well. Like, it wasn't perfect, but of the pumpkin patches that we visited in the area, it was the best intersection of, like, the general vibe. I think you made a video from that. Yeah, I've I've made, I mean, we had our picking out our Christmas tree video last year. It was, I think, the last one I filmed Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. But, you know, it just had, like, the right combination of, you know... A good vibe and like some places really nickel and dime you in this place you could you could spend more you could spend less and still have a good experience um is a nice sort of outdoors you know it had a lot going for it and mm-hmm. so it is really unfortunate it is an opportunity though to maybe find an even better pumpkin patch mm-hmm. although last year we did go to as well as going to this one that i'm talking about this now closed we did try another pumpkin patch last year. Actually, we tried two other pumpkin patches. Yeah. One was at an apple orchard, and that was fine, but I felt like their pumpkin selection was not good. And just, I want something really picturesque, and that can be hard to find. And then another one we tried, I was really disappointed, and this is why I just don't trust people at all, because so many people said that this other pumpkin patch was really, really good. And so we drove, like, not super far, but kind of far. Further than I would have gone had I known how truly dismal this pumpkin patch was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not picturesque at all. There was, like, a really frightening animal area where there were, like, you could, like, feed the pigs. And it's, like, I don't really want this really scary pig to, like, nip my children's hand off as they're, like, trying to, like, feed it the corn. And somehow it was also going to be really expensive. Like, everything, it's one of those nickel and dime you, like pay more to go on the hayride, pay more to do the thing, and then you're going to pay, like, by the inch for the pumpkin. Which, I mean, I, I know these places are seasonal and they have to make their money back. So I totally am not begrudging them trying to, like, make it worth it. But I do think if you're going to really charge a lot, you need to make your pumpkin patch really look good and, like, be a great time. Don't mm-hmm. be, like, kind of sketchy and then still be super expensive. Yeah. So... So, you know, we haven't found the right pumpkin patch. We have some leads. We're actually going to go um, later this weekend to a pumpkin patch. It's hopefully going to be awesome. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was we always, as we've talked about in great detail in previous Splendors of Autumn podcast, we've always watched um, our scary movies, our favorite scary movies every year. This year, we've been trying to bring, you know, an infusion of new content to consume. So rather than just watching our favorites, even though we have watched some favorites, like we watched The Craft, which is really good. Mm -hmm. We watched Trick or Treat, which is, you know, obviously amazing. We watched most of the uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, you know, the one with Keanu Reeves and Mm -hmm. Winona Ryder. Mm -hmm. That's also, you know, definitely has a place on the shelf. Mm -hmm. But 
we've been trying to do some new content. So we've watched two of the Netflix originals Mm -hmm. that they've put out this year. And I've been very disappointed by each of them. What were the names of them? The first one that we watched was, was it called In the Tall Grass or just The Tall Grass? I think it was In the Tall Grass. And it was based on a... I don't know if this was a story or just a screenplay that was co-written by Stephen King and his son, Joe Hill. It was a novella. Okay. And I thought the preview looked pretty good. It looked scary. The idea of going into some sort of a um, grassy field with super tall grass and then you become disoriented and can't get out. It kind of reminded me of like a worst case scenario. What could happen to you in like a really complicated corn maze? So that was, I was optimistic going in, and then I felt like that movie just failed to deliver on, like, several fronts. hmm Like, it was confusing needlessly in certain ways to try to kind of, I feel, I felt like it just was confusing to try to keep you going and to be, like, gasp. And, like, there was a lot of time travel that wasn't well explained. And I think time travel can have a place in stories. But this was the sort of time travel where... Ultimately, there's a loop that is formed that's, like, not sustainable logically. And I found that very agitating. There were just... And there was this sort of idea that was presented that the people who found themselves lost in the tall grass together were all meant to be in the grass together for some reason. And for some reason, these particular people had been drawn there at this particular time. And there was never really a good explanation for why that would be the case. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing just ended up feeling ridiculous and unsatisfying. And I don't want to say too much to like, you know, I don't want to like totally spoiler alert, like the details of what happens, but I'm just going to say I was not happy with how it turned out and I wanted my like three hours back. It was a very long movie as well. Yes. I mean, it wasn't really three hours, but it It felt that way. It it was definitely long, right? It was an hour and 40 minutes, but it was still pretty. And an hour and 40 minutes doesn't have to feel long. I've watched some hour and 40 minutes movies and I felt like I'm so glad this movie was longer. (laughs) This movie was like, please over mm-hmm. they could have wrapped it up a little sooner but yeah it had a lot of problems it wasn't like you said an interesting concept i think it could have been good if they had had a, a lot of things be different but um, if it had just been totally totally different but with the same concept of being like lost in the tall grass yes and, and the, the grass other, is like working against you the other one was fractured, fractured. yeah fractured. and that one i actually think it was even more unsatisfying in the end, and I felt terrible mm-hmm. about just the general just experience of watching and I wish I could have my time back. However, I actually think that was a better movie. Probably, like, yeah. Throughout the movie, I think it was... I felt more compelled. I think it made sense. Well, it kind of had a point at the end. It had know, a right? point, and it also, I think, was well-constructed. Like, I think it was decently made. And I think that the story was pretty tight. Like, it definitely was clear. It didn't just do things to jerk you around just to jerk you around. Everything that it did, it kind of was, you know, part of the larger story. And it was very suspenseful. I felt very tense the whole time we were watching it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the acting was pretty good. And you definitely felt, you know, emotionally tied to the characters in a way that I think was more so than in the Tall Grass movie. Mm. But I also just... 
felt like garbage after we watched it and just kind of wished that I had spent my time doing something else. It was bad. Yeah. So I'm not feeling incredibly optimistic about this other movie that I've been looking forward to that I saw a preview for. Mm-hmm. That's also another Netflix original. Um, I think it's called Ellie. Is it Ellie or Eli? I thought it was Eli, but... Maybe it's Eli. It could be Eli. Anyway, I know Lily Taylor stars in it. I'm not sure who else. Sort of, it looked like kind of a haunted hospital or house type of a thing. Looked scary. Um, I was excited when I saw the preview, but I was excited when I saw the preview of these other two movies. So now I'm like hesitant because I don't want to be burned a third time. Mm -hmm. Now, you know what I thought was really good? Mm. Remember last year we watched the Netflix um, House on Haunted Hill? That was good. That was good. Like, that was really frightening and Mm -hmm. really good. So I've not totally given up hope because I know that they're able to produce um, good, frightening content. But I am a little bit disheartened. Yeah. Well, didn't you say that there's, like, an algorithm that's writing all of their content now or something? Yeah, they, like, know everyone's watching habits about everything. And so... They just plug things into a computer, and then you get things like Bird Box. Which did really well. But was, like, one of the most, like, tensest movies I've ever experienced. Like, I believe, wasn't Bird Box based on a book? Yeah, well, maybe not that one in particular, but, like, I don't know. It's, I have to read the article again, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they do that. They write movies based on what they know that people's watching history is, like... I have definitely gotten the feeling with certain things they've done in the past that they tried a little bit too hard to just fulfill what people like without stopping to be like, what is the core that makes a particular story good rather than just being like, here are all the elements you like. Like I felt that way about a show that I was optimistic about going into and then really lost steam for, which was um, Hemlock Grove. Mm. And that was now several years back. That was another Netflix original show And it was, you know, another kind of Halloween season release. And that show definitely just took on the feeling of we've just combined the scary elements that we know people will like. And we've kind of put too many of them together into like one story. And to be fair, that was based on a book also. But it just felt like they selected it because they were like, this touches on so many things people like. There will be vampires and werewolves. And aliens and, you know, and it just, it did too much and yet it missed something that would have really, like, tied it all together. Mm-hmm. But don't they make, like, Lifetime-style movies also? I think so, yeah. I think they're starting to do that more because, I mean, Lifetime has such a successful network with doing their, you know, movies. We know there's, like, a hunger for that. And I hope Netflix will make more Christmassy. Like, you know, like kind of like the Lifetime or the Hallmark-type movies, like, for Christmas. That'll be nice. I think they've already started doing it, haven't they? I think they did a few last year, and some were definitely better than others. Yeah, but I don't really think that kind of thing has to be very good, generally. True. This might be more a conversation for our Splendors of Christmas time. Yes, true. We should probably save that for later. Is there any other Halloween movies that you've been saving that you wanted to watch yet? Well, we have not watched Scream yet. Yeah. That's a big one. And I have not watched Hocus Pocus yet, which I will be doing by myself. You probably should. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that like you can't watch with me, but I just don't think you want to. Not at all. Um, 
So yeah, I'll be watching Hocus Pocus. I, I feel like there's a lot of people that have already watched Hocus Pocus like a dozen times this year. That's like insane. people love Hocus Pocus, but also people watch it with their kids and like we don't, so. We will never watch that with our kids. I think eventually, like one day our kids will be older. You're never old enough for that movie. Oh, sure you are. I think when you're about, I don't know, nine or ten, you're probably old enough for that. Ugh, those witches are so scary. That's an interesting thing I want to talk to you about. Now, I know you're not a Hocus Pocus fan, but I am. But I still think it's weird how people are so into the witches in that movie. In the sense that the witches are the bad guys of the film. Absolutely. And yet, I've seen all kinds of, like... I've seen, like, t-shirts that say things like, I'm the other Sanderson sister. Ew. They turn that guy into a cat. Also, they, like, suck the lives out of people, like, literally. That's messed up, too. So I'm confused about why people actually want to be one of the Sanderson sisters. I always thought they were the villains of that project. So I am a little bit confused about what people are thinking in that respect. Yeah. I don't know. People are often not great at picking up on the true meaning of movies that they claim to love. I suppose that's true, but very upsetting. I mean, a lot of, like, wannabe, like, drug dealers, like, put up posters of, like, Tony Montana from Scarface. It's like, you realize this did not end well for well, that well for Tony Montana. This is, yeah. Yes, this, this is very true. <laughs> um... um See, I've been thinking I might want to try watching the, I believe it's the third season of Scream, the TV show. It's been released on Netflix now. However, I'm a little scared because I think it's a reboot. Mm. Um, Which is probably good because they pretty much concluded the storyline they were running with in the first two seasons. But I don't know if the next one is going to be good or if it's just going to be like a flop. But I'm willing to investigate that. Um... But yeah, I mean, we've already done Trick or Treat and The Craft. Those are two big ones. We might have to do those again before Halloween is, like, concluded, though. I don't know. The Craft is actually kind of scary. The Craft is great. It's very scary. Of course, she kills all the sea life. That's yeah, that's, I mean, that's horrifying. Whew. Yeah, it's very, it's very intense. Yeah. Um, I might have to give that Sabrina show another try. I don't know. I just don't have that much time to watch, like, an entire TV show. No. Says the woman who spent, like, an hour last night rewatching episodes of Friends. But every once in a while, you just need to re-watch a few episodes of Friends. that was literally our only time to, like, watch anything all day that we wanted to see. True. And I just, you know, sometimes you just want to watch something that you know is going to be, like, good and comforting. And I think I had thought about Friends because we were talking about the facial expressions. Yes. Yes. What was that? Was that you were, you were talking about something that you had? Was it in the Malcolm Gladwell book? Yes, yes. talking to strangers. Yeah, so you've been listening to that on an audiobook, and mm-hmm. there was something about um, an interview with somebody who looks at facial expressions, and she was. I mean, these people like make up. Uh, you know, they have a chart or names for all the little micro expressions that people make that make up your facial expressions, and so. They took the episode of Friends where Ross finds out that Monica and Chandler are secretly together and he's like looks through the window and sees them and he rushes over. And they like diagram the whole scene based on like, oh, when that expression's like a F twelve and you know, that eye raise is showing sympathy and it's like an S five. And so they go through this and basically it's like Friends is like plot-wise a very complicated show that you really kind of have to watch over several seasons to actually get all the nuances of like 
Ross is married to a lesbian who he has a kid with, and then he marries this other woman, but he says Rachel's name at the altar, and then, you know, that just happened at the beginning of that. Yeah, there's too. so much. That's like, there's a lot that goes on in that show, but, like, you could literally watch Friends with the sound off and really not miss anything because everyone's facial expressions is so suggestive of what they're feeling as characters that you you don't I mean the dialogue is really secondary you know but talking about that made me kind of crave to watch friends particularly talking about the episode where Ross finds out about Monica and Chandler made me want to start watching the sto- beginning of the story arc where Monica and Chandler get together because that's my favorite story I mean that's my favorite couple of the show and mm-hmm. you know I'm definitely a Monica in a lot of ways so <laughs> yes um, but yeah, so that's what led us down that rabbit hole of, you know, friends watching. Mm-hmm. But, let's see, is there any other splendors of all that we haven't talked about? I mean, we haven't talked about food at all. What are you excited to eat in the, in the fall? I'm excited to make a pumpkin cheesecake for Thanksgiving. You made one last year. I did, and it was amazing. It was so good. I've been waiting, desperately craving it ever since then. Mm-hmm. Like, waiting on the edge of my seat to, like, eat it. I'm so excited. And, yes, maybe the pregnancy is making me more excited to, like, think about the cheese. That is what is one thing I will say about being pregnant. Like, I don't normally dream about food. Mm-hmm. But, like, I do when I'm pregnant. Like, I literally will have a dream about, like, how badly I want to, like, eat something. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm excited about the pumpkin cheesecake. I'm excited to take our kids trick-or-treating. They're going to be so excited for that. I still think that your joking idea about making the candy flashcards so that they get the good candy will is an actual idea you should investigate. I mean, I'm not, like, going to eat any of the candy, but I still feel bad for you when I see them, like, reaching for, like, terrible candies, and they're, like, bypassing things that I know you would love. I, I don't know. You know what? I'm just going to take matters in my own hands this year. They, I do think you need to be a little pushier. Like, if they I feel pass like, over some of the other ones, I'm just going to be like, yeah, everyone will want that skill. I, no, I think I don't think that you can just <laughs> do that yourself. I just think you need to be pushier, like, with them. Like, I mean, like, with Emerald. Like, I think rather than just, like, waiting while she, like, selects, like, the weird, crinkly wrapped, like, Werther's original, I think you need to be like, okay, Emerald, grab that skittle right there. You know what I mean? You just need to, like, take matters into your own hand and be a little bit more directorial. Mm-hmm. Going for the nerds. Going for what else are you going for? Skittles, nerds, uh, sweet tarts. You realize though that it's the end of an era for you because I think last year was the last year where our older son is was at a point where he didn't really have a fixed concept in his mind of like how many Skittles he owned. Or how much he liked them. But he, the problem is that he loves Skittles as much as I do. He does, and I think I think that he, over the course of between like since last year, he's actually eaten enough Skittles that he knows that he loves them. Mm-hmm. I think before, I think his memory wasn't that long, so he probably couldn't remember the last time he had a Skittle. Now he knows that he loves them, and I think now he has more of a concept of like how much he has of something. So like he's gonna know if he has five bags of Skittles. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be able to, like, eat one of those in the night and think that he's not going to notice. That's what I mean by it. So that's, like, the end of an era, I think, as far as, like, candy pilfering. Definitely. Emerald's still a little bit more flexible, but I think she does like Skittles also. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Although, not judging from her, like, poor candy selection habits. I'm saying this because we, we have already been to, like, a couple of trick-or-treating events this year. 
and you know some some Mistakes poor selections made. made. I mean, well, okay. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. When someone offers you a basket that has different size Tootsie Rolls as part of the mix, if you're going to take a Tootsie Roll, why wouldn't you take the bigger Tootsie Roll? But I think that Emerald just thought like the smaller Tootsie Roll was like cute or something. You know what I mean? Like I I don't even know what criteria she uses when she's individually selecting the candies. Mm-hmm. Or she'll get like an eraser instead of like the full size bag of Skittles or like the Nerds or something. I really probably just need to go to the store and like spend three dollars and buy a bag of Skittles and just like have that for Halloween. <laughs> But the sport of trick or treating. I know fun. it's like it's like we're out here anyway. Like we may as well get the good candy, you know. Like, yeah, and I don't. I don't really want to spend money on like because I I kind of consider all that candy to be, to be garbage. So I feel like it's a waste of money to like buy that kind of stuff. Yeah, to give money your own money for that, sure. Yeah, like if if we're gonna buy candy, buy like a nice chocolate bar and then I'll eat it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> what if I want Skittles? <laughs> I'm just saying, like. I I rarely eat Skittles outside of holidays. But that's what I'm saying. That's that's the thrill of the hunt. Is like, will you acquire the Skittles that you require like, this year? But it's like, if Skittles come into my life, who am I? Who am I to say no to? That's why I'm saying you need to like bring out the flashcards. Yeah, I noticed that nobody put scream eggs in there. Like, are scream eggs even a thing this year? I haven't noticed them at the store. Yeah, I haven't really seen them either. I, I haven't been looking, though. Have we been down the Halloween aisle since maybe it got not. fully stocked? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they're there. Although, you did just have those Cadbury eggs that I had, like, saved for you. You don't have any more, do they? No, I only saved one package. I bought at Easter, I bought the Cadbury eggs, and I saved one of those four packs, and I gave it to him. No, I've not really seen any scream eggs this year. I've really been looking. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're still a thing. I feel like there used to be more flavors of Cadbury egg available. Like, wasn't there like an orange flavor and like a dark mm. chocolate? Yeah, I think that. I haven't seen those expanded. lately. Have you? No, I saw the traditional. But traditional is like a classic. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think they've maybe experimented with some offshoots that maybe they've dialed back that have been less popular or something. Can you buy like? Cadbury eggs online, or is this like the Girl Scouts where you can only get them from a Girl Scout? I assume you can buy them online, but I don't know if you have to buy them in like a large quantity. Yeah, that's what I'd be scared of. Like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to buy them from someplace like Amazon because you don't know if those are like from last year. I think you could buy fresh ones probably from like from Cadbury, right? I assume you could go on their website and order like a case of them, but then you're gonna have a case of Cadbury, and then you'll be, and then you probably won't even like them anymore because even if you ate like just a lot of those, I think I could eat a lot of that before I would get sick. How many do you think you could eat over the course of like a reasonable amount of time before it would be too much? One a day. So you think one a day for how long could you eat one a day before you would be tired of them? I don't know. I don't know if there is an end. I'm not sure. Maybe I would probably feel sick after think, a while. I think that would be too. I think it. It is just. It's like, a lot of sugar. I mean, well, it's, it's an egg of sugar. I mean, it's just it's too much. I mean, I, it's kind of like how you know, like when you're pregnant, 
you have to go in for that test where they make sure you haven't developed gestational diabetes. And I asked. Are you saying I might give myself diabetes if I do? Well, no, I'm saying that like, okay, do you remember when I was, when we were talking about that with, you know, in my yes. first appointment and how I was saying, is there anything that you can do instead of, cause normally it's like the sugar drink that you have to drink and then yes. they like dry your blood. And I was like, is there anything else you can do? And she said that there is a thing where you have to eat like 30 of these like large jelly beans. Oh, but I'm saying, like, I, I wonder if, like, I, I'm saying, like, I think that eating a Cadbury egg is probably almost equivalent to... 30? I mean, there's a lot of sugar in there. Let, let's say you well, ate, like, three Cadbury soda, eggs. Though, so I don't actually get that much sugar. But I'm still saying, I just think the Cadbury egg is a lot of sugar all at once. Kind of like how when you drink the sugary drink to do the gestational diabetes test, that's a lot of sugar at once for your body to handle. I think the Cadbury egg is a lot of sugar at once. Yeah. It's got to be more sugar than a donut, right? Does it, though? It seems... Donuts are pretty seems, big. Yeah. Donuts are big, but donuts have, like, a fair amount of kind of bread material. Yeah, but that's all sugar, too, isn't it? I mean, it's, like, going to convert sugar in your body, but that's... But I'm saying, like, the Cadbury egg, like, the entire core is, like, pretty much just a sugar paste, right? <laughs> I don't need to know how it's made. I, actually, I just I just enjoy them. She's like a molten like fondant. Like. Whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's wonderful. But anyway, people don't be giving those away. So you're hoping for the screen eggs. This is like when people say, like, check your kid's candy. We're giving away THC gummy bears. And I'm like, yeah, right. Nobody's giving their, like, edibles away to, like, trick-or-treaters. That's not happening. No, nobody in like, the history of ever. Is the idea of someone giving away THC gummy bears... That then they're just gonna like laugh later, imagining the children that are like getting like hot. Anyone they, that would like, like gummy bears or have, something. Yes, edible. Because I'm confused about why I'm confused about what kind of thrill those people would be getting versus would, just would keeping much rather the gummy have bears the thrill for themselves. Of, like experiencing that themselves as opposed to like giving it to some rando that like it's gonna leave. But you're saying that like people aren't gonna give away the scream mix; they just want them for themselves. I also think it's the cost yes. of like the cost per egg is too much to give away to trick or treaters. Yeah, they really like, are kind of expensive. Most trick-or-treating candy, it's like, you know, low cost per item. Although there are, there is always the one weird house that has like pre-packaged caramel apples or something super yeah. weird like that. And it's like the cost per item on those is probably fairly high. Yeah, also like a lot of people are going to eat those. Mo yeah, like, most people are going to throw those away. But still, I'm just saying like that's a house that could be giving away a screen egg instead and people would probably be happier. Most definitely. But no, I've never actually seen Scream Eggs being given away to trick-or-treaters. I've just always seen them, like, at the store. We should check when we go to the store and see if they're there. Now I'm curious to see if they've been, like, discontinued or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe they weren't as popular. Cause I do feel like they lingered in the store after Halloween. Like, I remember seeing some displays of Scream Eggs kind of, like, past. I thought they had to be out of the store pretty quickly after well, the holiday. That was the thing. That's why I'm wondering if they've been discontinued. Because I always thought with Cadbury Eggs, I know it's, like... You go to the store, like, the next day, and they're, like, all gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a thing. Like, there's, like, these cannot be on the shelf. But I do think I remember last year seeing some Scream Eggs, like, on, like, an end cap or something, and thinking, like, the reason I remember this is because I thought, huh, that's weird. I thought these had to be cleared out of the store. Maybe they were, yeah. like, discontinued, so that's yeah. why they were there, because it's, like, you know, not happening anymore. I'm just speculating. Bad. We're going to have to, like, investigate this gotcha. now. Now I'm getting worried. Don't be sad, Rob. Easter is just on the other side of the calendar. <laughs> so long from now. We'll just give you more to look forward to. 
<laughs> That's true, I guess it will. Yes, I'm also excited to go trick-or-treating this year with our children. I think they'll enjoy it greatly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think they're finally both at an age where it's going to be super fun for both of them. Yes, I think they're going to enjoy their costumes as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Emerald is going to be a flamingo, or a muffingo, as she says. <laughs> and I never want her to stop saying it that way. Yes. I'm really scared, though, because, Rob, I really need to make the wings this weekend. Yeah. And... That's like a good point. I don't even know. I need to go to probably a fabric store. And I'm just going to hope that me and my hot glue gun can just make it all happen. I mean, you've made costumes work before, so I'm sure it'll be fine. I think I, I made a great spider costume one year. Yes. I wouldn't say I made, but I put together Emerald's Witch costume last year, and that was like the best costume that's ever existed. She looked great. I also thought that Cap's witch costume... I mean, not his witch costume. His mummy costume was really good. Yeah. It had to be destroyed in the process of getting it off of him, though. It was like yeah, a so for-one-night-only type of a situation. Yeah. I wanted Emerald to wear the spider costume this year, but she refused. She just wants to be a Mifingo. She just, ever since the day that she randomly, very loudly announced that she was going to be a Mifingo, she's been passionately committed to that idea. Well, good. I'm glad, I hope she just stays committed all the way through her Well, I mean, she has to be committed now because I've already bought the um, hot pink tutu that's going to be the base of her costume. And it's not, it was like, you know, it came through the mail and it's like not the kind of thing that I can return. So there's no backing out at this point. Yes. I'm just saying, prior to that, I was trying to convince her to just go with the spider costume that we already have. Mm-hmm. But this is fine. Cap's going to be a vampire. Yeah, he's been talking about that for a while. Keeps trying to change it, but he's he's tried no... to change it a few times, and like at this point, honestly, I mean, today I did we did buy some pants today, but we could return those easily, so there's still some flexibility there. If he changes costumes, though, I don't know if I'm going to make the costume. If he changes, I just want to like buy it. Like at one point, he tried to say he was going to be a superhero, and if he wants to do that, I'm just going to like buy a Spider-Man costume off the rack. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I've always kind of prided myself in being someone that at least partially made or constructed or assembled, you know, the costumes. But there's a limit to, like, you know, I don't know. I feel like if we change, you know, too close to Halloween, it's like, there's only so much I can do. Mm -hmm. The vampire costumes are actually turning out to be harder than I would have thought. Hmm. I mean, we got the um, black pants today. We got the cape. Yes, but I actually decided that cape doesn't look good. I was just going to use the cape from we have a Melissa and Doug magician costume. And the cape looks pretty vampirish because it's like it it's like black on the outside. It's sparkly and red on the inside. It has like a red bow tie that's kind of also the fastener that keeps mm -hmm. it on your neck. But it just looks a little gaudy. Mm -hmm. Like I want him to look a little classier. Like I was actually thinking about maybe ordering um, him like a little children's bow tie from J. Crew or something. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have told you that, but I just Why? feel like this very inexpensive bow tie has arrived in the mail. <laughs> I will leave you to be free to imagine whatever price you think I should have paid for it. Okay, I won't ask. <laughs> no, believe me, I'm not going to like overspend on the bow tie. I'm just saying, like, I do want him to look like, I think a vampire should be dapper, not like gaudy or hokey. Hmm. Although I kind of wish I could talk him... I think he's very committed to the idea of the cape. I wish I could talk him into being a little bit more of a mod vampire. Hmm. Like I think we could slick back his hair in that kind of, you know, vampire slick back. 
and then do like the black pants. But like, what if we did like a high collar, like a shawl collar, like black sweater and like we could like whiten his face a little bit and the vampire teeth and sunglasses. Mm. That would look so good. But I feel like he's not going to go for it because I think he really wants the collar, like that classic vampire collar. He really likes that. He's drawn me several pictures recently that are him wearing his vampire costume, which mostly seemed to be a big collar going around his neck. And he's like holding his trick-or-treating pumpkin. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's definitely thought about this a lot, which actually I think is very bad in the sense that the more people think about something, the more expectations they have. Mm -hmm. And that's another end of an era. We've reached the end of the era where I can just sort of envision the Halloween costume. Like, basically, up until this year, I've just sort of decided what our kids were being for Halloween. With, you know, some input from them. But still, it's kind of been me being like, alright, this is the costume, and then just, like, making it happen. Now I think it's like they both deeply care about what their costume's gonna be. So that's a lot of pressure, because I don't want to let them down. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they will all enjoy it in the world there. Yeah, we can help. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> um, is there anything else we didn't talk about? I don't know. Can you think of anything that you think we should touch on? Um, hmm. <coughs> Candy corns are still disgusting. Yeah, we used some of those for the video that you made. I ended up not using them in the video. Yeah. But... We tried something where I thought we could kind of throw them up in the air like confetti. And I actually, here's the thing though: even though I think candy corns are disgusting, I think they're super cute. Like I would totally, under the right circumstances, like maybe at a different time in my life, own like a little enamel pin that looks like a candy corn, or like a little like candy corn earring or something. Hmm. Like I actually think candy corns are adorable. I just have absolutely no desire to eat them, which I'm fine with. Yes, because they're probably pound for pound just as much sugar as a Cadbury egg. Yeah, but I mean, they are smaller. You know what what I'd rather be eating. Sure. But I think there are some people that adore candy corns, not just aesthetically, but like actually they like want to eat them with peanuts and whatever else. I like chomped a few when we were making the video and I was like, I felt like just chucking the bag in the woods and being like, (laughs) from whence you came. (laughs) Meanwhile, our son was like leaping around on the ground trying to like eat as many as he could before we dragged him away. I think he just saw his opportunity and he just like really went for it. Yeah. I hope those biodegrade. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably will because I mean, they're just mostly sugar. So I think if it, I mean, it's rained since then. I yeah, think we, it's probably I fine. I don't usually litter. Like, I don't even usually throw, like, an apple core or anything outside. But I figured this was, like, one special occasion. And they will definitely biodegrade. They're just sugar. They'll just wash away into the earth. Also, like, maybe squirrels would like to eat them. She said a little bit differently. <laughs> I mean. I'm going to get a naturalist on here. <laughs> See if we can confirm some of these statements. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like every once in a while you do something a little bit terrible. And like littering the park with the candy horns, if that's our terrible thing for the year, that's not so bad, is it? No, it's not bad. I don't don't actually feel that bad about it. I think it's probably fine. I think you're right. I think it probably just all five degrees. Yeah. 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 We go back there in January and still there. It's like still a candy corn. 
But yeah, I think that that is probably everything we wanted to talk about. I definitely think that people should check out my YouTube channel. Say it again. Say your name. My name is Ash Burgess. My YouTube channel is just listed under my name. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to find. And I am making, not only have I published the three super exciting videos that we talked about, I've also been filming weekly pregnancy updates ever since I found out. I'm about to publish all of the, the backlog of those, and then I'll be publishing a weekly update throughout the pregnancy. So anybody that wants to really take a deep dive and follow along on my pregnancy journey will be able to do that. I'll also have other, you know, related content, like, you know, about newborn products and baby names and hauls and all that kind of stuff as well as the other content that I am making anyway, you know, like family vlogs and, you know, stuff about, you know, shopping for our kids and kids books and seasonal decor and food. And I'm hoping to start making routine videos, you know, like, you know, family routines, just because I know that's something I like watching. And I know a lot of other people like watching that as well, just to see how other people structure their lives a little bit. So that's another thing people will be able to find on my channel coming up here. So there's a lot to, you know, I, I try to do a variety of content. It's all stuff that's interesting to me, obviously. But there's a variety of stuff there. So there's something for, you know, various people who might come along. I think we're going to have some hot, you know, name debates coming up. So you may be featured in some of these. I mean, you are featured in some of my vlogs. And obviously you're featured in the um, baby reveal video. But I also want to do, there's a video that I've seen some other people do before. Like husband versus wife, like baby names. Sort of like, I forget how they like how they like structure the competition there's some sort of like a competition where like you bring up names and i'm not really sure how you decide who's winning or whatever but anyway um i definitely want to try everyone's happy at the end you're rolling (laughs) i definitely want to try something like that with you Uh so you know that your your audience should definitely look out for that but you've also made a lot of videos before now too yes i have i mean Over the summer, I made a series of vlogs about our family vacation up to um, Lake Michigan. And I've done several videos about baby names because, you know, even when I'm not pregnant, I just am interested in names. Mm -hmm. And I've done um, kids' clothing hauls. I've done things about, you know, Easter basketry. And also, I've tried to film most of our holidays in the last couple years. Um, What other notable videos do you think I've done? I mean, the most watched ones I've seen are, like, the Old Navy. Yeah, I've done, like, some shop with me's where I walk through, you know, places like Target. People love Navy. that, apparently. Yeah, people, I mean, people just like to see, you know, what's in the store. I mean, just wanna go, they just want to go in the store, but they don't want to go in the store. <laughs> Haven't you ever felt that way? Yeah. Like, don't you ever wonder if there's something that you want at the store where you don't actually want to have to, like, go there? You want to just kind of see if it's, like, worth going at this time? You just want to strap a GoPro to somebody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have a lot of, you know, content already that's, you know, kind of a backlog of stuff that people might be interested in, but also I think things are only getting better and better. I mean, mm-hmm. not only do I have all these exciting things that I've been talking about that I'm planning videos for or that I've recently published videos about, but also as I've been doing this for a little while now, I think that my video making skills have improved a lot and are only improving. So not only is the content getting better and better, but my actual ability to produce the content that I think is really enjoyable for my audience is also getting better and better. So this is a great time for subscribers to kind of hop on board and follow along this journey with me. Yes, that's a great place to do it. Everyone subscribe.
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.